0: incredibly excited for this series coming up. This is my happy place. This is my happy place. Raise your hand if you know what your happy place is. (laughs) Some of you are like, huh? You guys can have a seat for a moment. I I thought about it and when I was asked to, uh, you know what, before I get into that, I want to say hi to all of our campuses out there. If you're watching online, let's give a big round of applause to our distant audience. Come on. They're in a completely different country, but you're watching anyways, and we're so grateful for you to all of our campuses out there. Campus pastors are preaching across the globe, the parallel globe, I mean, uh, which means Alberta, <laughs> this season. And this is my happy place. We're going into a series and we're trying to identify, man, where do I go when I need to exhale? Where do I go where I need to just relieve some stress? Where do I, how do I find that place in my life? where when everything else is chaotic, I know I can go to this location and just breathe. Some of you guys are there right now. You literally just came off the lake and you're sitting here that you're just like, ah. maybe this is your happy place. Um, it's kind of unnerving being the first one to kick off this series because I think I did the assignment wrong. I think I broke it. <laughs> Because I tried thinking of my happy place. I tried thinking of the places that gave me the most joy and and the places that it's like, man, if I was just sitting there right now, I'd be happy. But, you know, I honestly thought about camping as my happy place. Do you remember camping as a kid? Wasn't it fun? Do you remember camping as a parent? (laughs) Not my happy place anymore. (laughs) Because who's waking up early and sparking the fire? Who's washing the dishes? It's the parents. So I had to cancel that out. And I thought of, like, Disneyland, I've been to Disneyland, I'm just like, that's really not my my happy place, because I love people, but I don't like millions of people in line. Like, it's, it's, whenever I tried to locate something, I was like, that's really not it, because, man, there's something I don't like about that. And, to be quite honest, I couldn't, I couldn't pull up Google Earth and be like, my happy place. It's not a, like, for me, it's not a location. I can't find it anywhere on a map And I think we get into trouble sometimes when we start thinking it's like, man, if I could just escape to my happy place, if I can just, if I could, if I could work all week and I could just get there, then I would be happy. I think there's some issues that come with that. Number one, if you put your happy place in a destination, you'll sacrifice embracing the gift of where you are for where you always long to be. You'll be like, you won't be able to see the beauty that's around you in the moment because you're always waiting till till vacation day or or when you get your, I don't know what it is. Two, you'll adopt the mindset that your happiness is dependent upon your preferences. Which means if, if I'm not where I prefer to be, then I'm just not going to be happy. Which I think is a scary place to be. Finally, number three, if we put our happiness in a destination, you'll off, you'll, you will offer a subpar version of yourself to everyone around you and those you love until you get to your desired location. As a parent, sometimes you've been there, right? Where it's just like, you know, kids... we could just get to the weekend. Just don't, don't, don't. We're almost there. And in that moment, there's something precious. Dennis Waitley said this. He said, happiness cannot be traveled in, owned, earned, worn, or consumed. But happiness is the spiritual experience of living every minute with love, grace, and gratitude. And originally, to be honest, I went through tons of message titles for this. Because originally, I, I was going to name this message Harley's Helmets and Other Fun Ideas. But, and I wanted a bike for so long. Like, since I was a teenager, I wanted to learn how to ride. And I loved that people came around me, and they, they, they supported me in it. They took out time out to take me riding. And, like, to get me started, they did everything they could. And it was, it was so good to just live that. But I found, like, with a 1,200-pound bike and a passenger There were many moments in traffic where I was stressed. Like, I was in Calgary in rush hour traffic with a 1,200-pound bike and my passenger on the back, and I was spider-legging it because I couldn't get speed and balance working. You know how cool you look spider-legging through Calgary traffic on a motorbike? And how stressful it is to look cool on a motorbike. Like... I said, I want to be a biker. I want to be a biker. I want to be a biker. And when bikers fly by me on the road, I'm like, oh, I want to be one of those guys. And then I saw, like, a clip of Sons of Anarchy, and I'm like, well, I don't want to be that kind of biker. <laughs> I want some, you know, there's got to be a healthy playing field in there. But I looked at it, and it's like, well, you know, motorbiking's motorbiking is not my happy place, although I do enjoy it. My other idea for this message was going to be mountains, tracks, and will we ever make it back? Because my wife and I, we often like to go out in the wilderness and in nature, but there's always aspects of the hike that once we get out there, I'm always uncertain of the weather or if we're actually going to make it off the mountain before the sun comes down or like, to be quite honest, we were literally at a national park two days ago and we're just holding hands and nobody else is around. It's just woods and everything like that. And like my heart starts pounding a bit and I look to the right of me and Yogi Bear pops his head up. And I'm like, and we had a stare down. Like, you could play a Clint Eastwood soundtrack right there. And we were, I'm like, what are you going to do, bud? There's two of us and there's one of you. And then he, like, fumbled his way up and then ran up the hill. And I I stopped short with Jen. I'm like, Jen, don't move. I felt like Liam Neeson, but um, kind of in the woods. So, like, a a woodland Liam Neeson. Does that make sense? Anyways, the bear didn't get us. And... I'm like, this isn't my happy place anymore. Not only did you interrupt my hike, but we almost became burrito lunch for a bear. So I scrapped that as being my happy place as well. I thought about it more and more and looking at my happy place, I found that the happiest of my moments, which I titled this message, somewhere between weight and tension, somewhere between weight and tension. It wasn't the Harley that brought happiness. It was the small moments where the weight of the bike and the tension of the throttle found that speed just so I could sit back and enjoy. And it wasn't the hiking. It wasn't the carrying of the 50 pounds of actual weight and the inconsistent weather, but it was the resting moments, the view and the conversations in between the weight of carrying all that weight and then the tension of having to get back down. It's my happy place is somewhere found between weight and tension. And I remember being a kid, my sister had this fan organ. Like, it was a big box thing, and when you turned it on, it was like, and she didn't know it, but I would steal it from her room, and I would go into my room, and as a growing up as a kid, I would find that I would go and take that fan organ. I'd sit in my room for hours because of whatever weights and tensions I didn't want to deal with in the house. I would go to my room, and I would just... I would actually begin running scales, so I would sit... On my bed, I'm gonna hope this mic doesn't cut out on me here. I sit on my bed and I'd be like, hey, mom, come up. I just wrote a new song and it was like. It's like, isn't that a cool song, mom? And she's, you know, as a mom, it's like, yeah, Hercules, Hercules. But I found that I would always return back to that organ as I went through different periods of life. Like to release the weight and tension, I would go and find myself sitting behind one of these. And like, you remember your first scary movie where you couldn't sleep at night anymore? What I'm saying? That was mine. Dinosaurs, T-rex, literally, materially, like, could not fit under my bed, but I believed he was there. And then your first love, right? Your first relationship when your girl leaves you at All Dogs Go to Heaven Part 4, the movie theater, because she didn't want to have a relationship. That happened, legit. <laughs> I just dated myself there, didn't I? While we were like, yeah. There was so many moments where I would go to this to release the weight and tension of my life. And I think that sometimes we would much rather just avoid the weight and tension. We want to run away from it, thinking that we're better off doing that. But the truth is, is that when I look at these two instruments, like these were my go-tos. So... When you look at a guitar, like this is the head of the guitar, this is the body of the guitar, and in between the head and the body is tension. And without this tension, there is no sound. You can't make music. But what I'm trying to say to us today is that, to stop running. Like, don't, don't try to escape the weight and the tension because it's not on, and I, you know? God is trying to do something with your life in between the weight and tension. If you don't allow him to put some weight on your life, you're not going to be able to experience the sound that he wants to pull out of you. There's so many things that God does that we feel as uncomfortable where he's like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just, I'm just forming you a little bit. The piano needs weight, the keys pressed down to make music, the guitar needs the weight to press the tension strings against the fretboard to make sound or an open. Like for many of us, our lives look very much like unplayed instruments because we don't want the weight and tension around. We want to escape it. We want to run from it. We want to get to another destination. And what God is trying to do is, is, is actually to embrace those moments in between the weight and tension. Generally, for an instrument, the playing field looks very redundant and predictable. Like, like you could look at a piano and not know how to play, it and you come out, it's like all the keys look the same. And for our lives, sometimes we wake up in the morning, it's like my life looks the same still. Guy, what are you? It's it's so original. Like, like there's nothing. Blah, what is that? Two dots, one dot, three dots, what do I do? But isn't it just the mystery and the wonder of life where God himself or someone in your life puts just enough weight on you to adjudicate those hidden masterpieces inside of you or pull the right strings to produce a sound out of you that nobody's nobody's heard before? It takes people that God sets up in your life to pull something on you that wouldn't have been pulled any other way. And throughout the scripture, God was masterful at producing the most pivotal, beautiful things out of dull, repetitive, and stale environments. My happy place is found somewhere between the weight and tension. Life is chocked full of weights and tension. Let's talk about a few of them. The weight of getting your high school diploma within the tensions of peer pressure. That was hard. (laughs) The weight of wanting a family, but the certain tensions of finding the right relationship to produce that family with. The weight of being a parent, but the tensions of trying to provide for your kids. And the weight of lifelong dreams, but the tensions of not knowing if they'll ever come to pass. That weight and that tension to really break things down. Can I suggest that one of our greatest obstacles to experiencing happiness in life is managing the space between the weight of our calling and the tension of time? Do I have enough time to fully do what God has created me to do? Because when you sense what you're doing and what you're made for with enough time to experience the fullness of that purpose, there's an element of joy and levity that comes with that. You ever find yourself doing exactly what you think that you were created to do? It's like time disappears and you're just in the moment and you love it. I want to talk about joy and happiness for a second because they're two different things. Some of us are like, I'm joyful, I'm happy, but they are two different words for two different reasons. Number one, joy is an inner feeling. It's something that we choose. Happiness is an outward expression. Are you joyful? Even when I ask that question, doesn't it say, am I joyful? Don't you have to search a little bit down inside? When I ask you, are you happy? Doesn't the first thing comes to your face is, is there a smile on my face right now? It's an outward expression. Joy endures hardships and trials and connects with meaning and purpose. A person will pursue happiness, but they have to choose joy. You have to choose to be joyful. And Jesus was no stranger to weight and tension. He was born into a tyrannical political system, knowing and learning about the weight of his calling for 30 years. 30 years, he knew exactly what his purpose was. But he wasn't able to practice it. Can you imagine knowing your destiny and then not being able to actually put your hand to the plow and go with it? Like what a frustrating place that would be. But also knowing the tension that he had only three years to gather, disciple, develop, and release the future church leaders. Only three years to make it all happen. There's a tension in that, isn't there? I wonder if Jesus on the cross had any regrets. Did he say enough? Did he love enough? Did he reach enough? He was man, right? I have regrets. You have regrets. I wonder if those were some of his So, you may be sitting here right now. You see how I broke this system up? Like, it's not even, (laughs) you're like, what was your happy place, Tim? It's between the weight and tension. Pastor Tim, how am I supposed to find happiness right now? My bills are unpaid. My relationship's in turmoil. I don't have enough resources to even be stable. I'm constantly battling mental health issues. It just seems like no matter how hard I try, I can't get excited for anything. I'm working nonstop just to keep things moving. People are leaving me, and I feel like a failure with my family. How am I supposed to find my happy place in all of that? We go to Scripture. Before we do that, I want to say anger is a byproduct emotion based out of fear. Anger only comes because we're fearful of something. And often I think we get angry with our lives because we fear the weight of our calling isn't matching up with the tension of time. How much longer am I going have to do this job? Really? It's just not, is it worth my time to keep doing this and doing this? When you know that there's something deeper inside of you. But the beautiful thing about Jesus' life is that his calling was selfless. There was a tension of time there, but in in him, he knew that his calling wasn't about him. When you live a life based on elevating other lives, you're not only given a grace to endure hardships, but you discover that the majority of the weights and tensions that you have in your life are expectations that we've put on ourselves. Matthew 6 says this, if you decide for God, being a life of God worship. It follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at meal times or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There's far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes that you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, and not tied down to a job description, careless of the care, careless in the care of God, and you count for far more to him than birds. Goes on in verse 30, if God gives so much attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen. Don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with the getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. So what do we do? We steep our life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions, And don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. God, I love that verse. The enemy of true joy. The enemy of true joy is the false belief that you are not enough or that you don't have enough. But you are, and you do. Hebrews 12 says this, we, how do we find our happy place? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, because of the joy set before him, it says in another translation, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Because of the joy set before him, when he was on that cross, he was thinking about you. And he had already seen all the beautiful moments that he predestined, like that, that he had set up for your life. He saw you living your life in its fullest capacity on that cross. And even Jesus was between weight and tension because the weight of his body on that one nail and the tension of his arm stretched out across the cross. In between that weight and tension, he saw you and me for the joy set before him. If Jesus on a cross in the last moments of his life can see joy, can you choose joy where you are right now? Can you see it? You may be sitting here and it's, it's falling apart. You may be sitting here and your life is amazing right now. But could you see joy in knowing that the provisions, the belonging, the love, Everything that we need as humans is already set before you. There's always going to be weight and tension. And there's no place on this planet without it. I'm not a scientist, but I'm pretty sure our planet hangs somewhere between weight and tension. (laughs) So if we can't escape from it, imagine what it would look like if we became masterful at embracing it. What would it look like for us to be able just to choose joy? I choose joy. Because if you do that, and when the weight comes, it's probably gonna be a horrible note. God's gonna extract this beautiful sound out of you. And others are gonna look to that and be like, I identify with that sound. There's hope in me with that sound that came out of you because you allowed the weight intention to exist. I heard something about cows and buffalo. This is very off. I know, I just switch gears like that on you. <laughs> when a storm comes, buffalo will run into the storm. Cows will run away from it. Because buffalo know that if you run directly into the storm, the moments that the storm is over you is much shorter. What cows don't know is if you run away from the storm, the storm is always chasing you. And for us, can I just... Encourage us that if you are in a storm and you're having a hard time finding that happy place That you would go head on into it That you would have enough faith inside of you to know that as you're going through the storm It doesn't last forever. There are seasons, but that God is with you beside you working with you So don't be a cow takeaway today is this, God is, God is writing a beautiful song with your life. But for the music to be made, it is going to require some weight and tension. And could you find yourself in the middle of it? Where do you find yourself where the weight of responsibilities and the tension of expectations, could you, could you choose joy in that? and your life be a testimony of God's greatness, of how in the hardest times, in the most difficult circumstances, you were able to walk around with a joy living inside of you that others are like, how did you do that? How did you go through that? And still be strong and you can respond with an answer of, my God is so good. My God is strong enough to lead me through things I don't understand but the responsibility is on me to choose joy so that I don't take the gift that he's given me and live life as a victim. I take the gift that he's given me and embrace it as a victor in all circumstances, in all circumstances. If you're here today and this is, this is resonating with you, I wanna encourage you and invite you that this is not this is not something that is open for preferred people. This is not something that God chose Only a couple people to experience this kind of freedom that every single person and soul sitting in this room right now could actually walk up out of this room with a a better understanding of the grace that God's put over their life. Allergies. That you could actually leave here today with a weight and a burden that's been lifted, that you've been banging your head against the wall, like, how do I figure this out? I I can't stand the tension. I need to escape, God. And God's like, wherever you escape, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna be there and walk you through it. I just pray with you guys this morning. God, we thank you so much. that You are faithful, first of all. And God, as we think of moments of escapism or levity, God, I would pray that you remind us of who you are, our provider, our healer, our comfort, our peace, I thank you, God, that with, in a life with you, our happy place, God, is wherever you are. We can choose joy in the moments. We can choose you in the moments to see us through when we don't understand what's going on. I thank you for your grace, your love and assurance, God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come into this room right now and refresh hearts that have been exhausted looking for escape that you prove yourself once again to be real, authentic, and genuine in your affection for us. In the name we pray, amen. Now, if you're in this room today, you do not have a relationship with Jesus. You don't know what that looks like. I wanna invite you into a relationship with him. It is a one-time decision where you're like, I don't wanna be a cow anymore. I wanna have the courage and the audacity to run right into the storm. just waiting for God to pull that sound out of your life it's there he wants to but it requires a relationship with him we can't do it on our own strength so with every head bowed every eye closed would you pray and repeat after me if you want to receive Jesus for the first time would you say dear God I thank you you've never lost sight of me I ask you in this moment that you would be my God my helper I thank you that my past is past and I could begin a new life with you today. In your name we pray, amen. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you said that prayer, would you raise your hand boldly for the first time and say, I said that prayer today. Today's the day. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Come on, let's give it up. Isn't our God so good?